And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army. And he overtook them in camping by the sea, besides Piroth and before Belzephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us, so or to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is it not, um, is it not this the word that we did tell the in Egypt, saying, Let us alone? that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and he shall hold your peace. And you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the heart, uh, hearts of Pharaoh, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor unto Pharaoh and, and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten my honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. You may be seated. Father, we come to you today, Lord. Lord, we come. Lord, we're coming a great need. Father, there is many needs in this church today. As Brother Brandon's already said, Lord, if we went to name them, Lord, we could sit in here for quite a while just naming the needs of those that are afflicted today, those that are in pain, those that are in spiritual bondage, those that just need your help all the way around. And God, I don't know a person in here, Lord, that doesn't have something going on. Lord, each person in here needs you today. God, maybe there's a need of salvation, and I pray, Lord, before this service is over, that, Lord, they'd come to this altar, they'd find a deacon, or they'd find somebody in here, Lord, and ask them how they can be saved. Lord, I think, think to myself, Lord, how good you've been. God, you are awesome. You are magnificent. Lord, I couldn't even describe who you are. You are holy. That's the best way to describe you, Lord. Lord, I pray now, Lord, you would just give me power from on high. God, have, have your people not to see a man up here, but to see you, Jesus. God, that you would speak to their hearts, that the Holy Spirit would fill us. Lord, if there be anything in us that would hinder us from this service right now, Lord, will we confess it and get it confessed before um, the word? God, that we would follow after you in a great way. And Lord, that we would get some help today, Lord. Lord, I know you've burdened my heart with this message, and I pray, Lord, it helps today. I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified and magnified and uplifted because you're worthy of it. In Jesus' name, amen. It's not too often I can say I know exactly where the Lord gave me the message, but I can take you in my yard when I was mowing my grass the other day, and I was praying, and I said, Lord, I said, I don't know what to preach on. I said, I've got a couple thoughts, but I said, I really don't know what to preach on. 
And I was riding, and I was riding down the hill. And God said, this is what you're going to preach. And I'm excited to say that because it's not very often. And then as the songs have been sung, just confirmation of what needs to be preached today. Got a backdrop up there. It says, when you're at the end of your rope, so many times we're at the end of our rope. And I just don't mean that as in life or death. I mean that as we put out all we can put out, and we just have no more to give. We've tried. We've done everything we can do. We've done everything we know to do. But we need more. And that's where if we'll just let God, he'll step in and he'll take care of those situations instead of us always trying to do it. I found this illustration. It said two men were seriously ill. They occupied the same room in the hospital. One of them was lying in the bed near the, uh, the only window in the room. Every day, he was allowed to spend time sitting up in his bed to help, drain, uh, help draining from the fluid in his lungs. The, the other man was forced to spend all his days on his back. They talked about life, families, jobs, vacations. Every time when the first man was sitting by the window, he described in details all that he saw outside the window. His roommate always looked for those moments. And when his, word, and when his world was broadened and brightened up by the, by the world outside, Amazing views of a park with a beautiful lake could be seen from the window of their room. Children delightfully played among ducks and swans. Couples walked arm in arm among colorful flowers. Also, the stunning city skyline could be seen. When the man by the window had been thorough, uh, had when the man by the window had been thoroughly describing all that was happening outside the window, his roommate would close his eyes and imagine all the beautiful scenes of life that he had told. One night, the man, whose bed was near the window, died peacefully during his sleep, and the roommate was very sad. After some time, when the nurse came to visit him, he asked if he could be moved next to the window. The nurse agreed and kindly uh, made the switch. When she left, the man slowly and painfully propped himself up on one elbow and took his first look outside the, at the world outside. He was stunned. The window faced a blank wall. When the nurse came to visit him the next time, he told her about the beautiful things outside the window that his roommate described to him. The nurse replied that his roommate was a blind man. She said, probably he just wanted to encourage you. Today, I just want to encourage you. I think we all need encouragement today. There's somebody going through something that maybe none of us know about today. We are all faced with storms. Brother Brandon preached a phenomenal message Wednesday on the storms we face. We need help. And we can't do it on our own. If we could, we would be God. There would be no need for God. But we have to rely on Him. And so today, I just it comes to my mind, I wonder how many people are being overwhelmed. How many of us are being overworked? You know, we're just, we're just give out. We just have no more strength. Just, I'm tired. I just want to give up. That, that kind of attitude. Or uh, your load is just too heavy. Or maybe you've put all out that you have. You've just gave it all. You've You've put in, you've like, I, I'm giving it all I've got. And Lord, I just ain't got no more. But things aren't getting any better. I, do, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going to change. A lot of times, what happens is we get discouraged. We go through a tough time. We got somebody in the hospital. And we've seen them. And we've seen them go in and out of the hospital. And we've seen them in the hospital. What's the first thing we do? We get discouraged. Lord, is anything ever going to happen here? Is anything ever going to happen? I can, I can personally testify when my daughter was in the hospital, we prayed and we prayed. And it was discouraging. But when you see, when you see signs of life and you see things getting, getting better, you just get encouraged and you get excited. And you're like, Lord, I know you can do this. I know you can do this. Um, I, I found this by William Ward. He said, 
Discouragement is dissatisfaction uh, with the past, distaste for the uh, present, and distrust for the future. It is ingratitude for the blessings of yesterday, indifference to the opportunity of today, and insecurity regarding strength for tomorrow. It is unawareness of the presence of beauty, unconcern for the needs of our fellow man, and unbelief in the promises of old. It is impatience with time, immaturity of thought, and impoliteness with God. How many times do we get discouraged and we let everything, we let discouragement just overwhelm our life? That's all we can think about. And I know we all get discouraged. We're all going to face that. We're all going to go through storms. And it's how we approach it. And like I say, I want to encourage you today. I don't want to discourage you today. But I think every time we take a step forward, how many steps do we take back? We take that one step forward and we're doing good. And we take two steps back. It's like, Lord, what's going on? I'm, I'm serving. I'm being active. You know, I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. What's going on here? So we take our step forward and we take our step back and we continue to put everything we have out there. Um, when we give all that we have and there's nothing left to give, and I think about some different examples of that through prayer. Like I say, if you've got a loved one in the hospital and you've prayed for them and you've prayed for them and you're just not seeing anything getting better, it gets a little bit discouraged and you're like, Lord, I know, you, I, know, I know you're in this, but what's going on? You can't see the light at the end of the, end of the tunnel to say. What about through sacrifice? You gave up. You said, I'm giving up everything that is keeping me away, and I'm going to do my very best, and I'm just going to follow after the Lord. I'm going to sacrifice everything I got. What about through work? You physically put every bit of energy you have into something. You just give it your all. You're like, I'm going to do it as much as I can to be there, to be where I need to be, to do what I need to do, and you've just worked and worked and worked. And then I think about service. You're serving the Lord. You know, I it, it, it's, it's hard to see someone... Um, you know, our pastor would never tell us what he's going through. But at the same time, our pastor gets discouraged. He goes through things, and he'll never once speak up and say, hey, y'all, I'm going through this. We just need to continue to pray for him. We need to continue to pray for each other. You know, we're all, I mean, we're we all going to face a storm. Some people's storms are bigger than others. Some people's are even hurricanes. Some people are going through the storm of their life. They'll never go through a storm like they went through or going through right now. And not everybody shows that. I, I'm a little transparent. I kind of show everything. I talk about everything. Y'all know I don't ever shut up. So, I mean, I just talk about everything that comes to mind. And I just, I want to praise the Lord through it. But uh, he's good. He's worthy of it. Amen. So I really believe that people are trying the hardest. I really believe that. I believe people are giving it all they've got. And then what do you do when you get it all you got? We get to our wits end and we just ran out of energy. And we're hanging literally on the end of that rope. We're like, Lord, if you don't intervene, I'm not going to make it. I can't hold on. My strength's letting go. I don't know what to do. I've sit here and I've tried to climb, but every time I try to climb, I slide back down. And you get to that very end, and you're like, Lord, this is the end. What do I need to do? What can I do? So as I say that, I think about Stephen. I love this. I think about Stephen. When he was at, the, at his end, God continued to strengthen him. In Acts uh, 8, 5, uh, 55, it says, but he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God, giving him that strength. And Jesus, standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. Stephen had, he had no, I mean, really, the hope was gone. These people took advantage of him. 
but yet God strengthened him in his time of need. And he'll strengthen you in your time of need. We have to rely on him. I don't know how John, I don't know how y'all went through it. I've been in the hospital before, but you stayed faithful. You stay there by her side. You keep praying. You keep saying, God, I know it's going to get better because one way or another, once you know they're saved, it's all, it's, it's all to his glory. You know what? I mean, that's one of the best things you can possibly know. Um, let me encourage you today. Don't give up. Don't give up. Whatever you're going through, don't give up. Don't say, well, you know what? I'm throwing it in the towel. I'm tired of fighting. I've worked. I've struggled. I've, I've given service. I've prayed. And still, the answer is not there. Don't give up. Continue forward. Hang on to Jesus. Don't let go. Isaiah 41 and uh, verse number 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be thou not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I've got three very short points. But we need to hold on to Jesus. My first point is hold on. Never give up. Never, ever give up. Joshua 1.9 says, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not of afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. If you're saved today in here, you've not got a worry to worry about. You've not got a, you have concerns. We all have concerns. And we do get worried. But we don't need to be because God's with us. He's never forsaken us. He's never left us. He's been with us the whole time from start to finish. But yet, I think so many times we're like, I've got this. I'll control this situation. God, you take a back seat. I'm driving right now. I've got this. Now, we don't say that literally, but yet that's what we've done. We've pushed him out of the driver's seat, and no longer are we letting him control our lives. Now we're controlling our lives. Now we're trying to decide what we need to do. I love this verse. 2 Chronicles 15, 7 says, Be strong, therefore, and let your hands be weak. Let, let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Continue forward. Continue forward. As Moses told the, um, the Hebrew children, he said, continue. God told them, he said, forward, not backwards. They were in a hard place. Now, we have to realize that Pharaoh and the chariots were on top of them. There was a sea before them. There was nowhere they could have went. They were literally at the rope's end. You can't go anywhere. I mean, you can swim, but Pharaoh's right there. You, can go, you can't go backwards because there Pharaoh is. So you may say, I feel like giving up. I can't do it on my own. Well, you'd be right. You can't do it on your own. And that's what we have to come to. We have to come to the point to realize we cannot do it on ourselves. Without Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. Um, you would be right, but God can. Matthew 19 and 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. There's no situation that God hadn't perceived You've not come to something in your life, no situation, no circumstances that you've you come to in your life and you're saying, well, I just don't know what to do. God already knows what to do. God's already seen it. He's, like I told you Sunday school today, he's from beginning to end. He's already seen it. He knows what's going to happen. Why don't we just put our trust in him and just say, I'm holding on to you, God. I'm going to stand firm with you, Jesus. No matter what goes on, I'm staying with you. I'm sticking with the stuff. There was, a, there was an old mule one day accidentally fell into his farmer's well. The farmer had evaluated the situation and thought to himself that neither the well nor the old mule was worth the efforts to save them. Thus, he, he decided to haul in dirt to bury the old mule in the well. So the farmer called his neighbors, and together they started to shovel dirt into the well. The old mule was terrified and hysterical in the beginning, 
But soon, one hopeful idea came to his mind. Every time when a shovel landed on his back, he would shake it off and step up. He repeated these words to himself again and again. Shake it off, step up. Shake it off, step up. He repeated these words over and over again. This, will, this, this way, he could struggle the panic and encourage himself. After some time, the mule had stepped over the, the well's wall. Although terrified, terrified uh, ter- terribly tired, he was the winner. He saved his own life. He decided to face his adversity positively and not to, go, not to give up. Thus, he won. He, what seemed to bury him actually saved him. O- owing to his conscience and r- r- uh, relentless effort, the whole meal didn't give up. He didn't let his circumstance bury him. You know, I don't know what you're going through today, but don't let it bury you. Don't give up. Hang on. Hang in there. Matthew uh, 11, verse number 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in my heart, in, in heart, and ye shall find rest upon your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He wants you just to rest it on him. We come up to this altar at the end of service. We come up to this altar during the service just to lay our burdens down. We lay them down, not to carry them back out. I know so many, so many times we lay them down, and before we get back out the door, we're already like, oh, I've got to go. I'm already stuck on this all over again. We're not supposed to. We're supposed to lay them down. Jesus carries our burdens. There's no reason for us to carry our burdens. It's completely useless for us to carry them. We can do nothing about them. We can't change the circumstance. If we could, we wouldn't need God. So if, if, if everything happens that we thought the way, uh, if everything happened the way we thought it should, then it would be our will and not God's. We wouldn't be dependent on him. We'd be dependent on us. But remember our, our verse in Matthew 19. With man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Um, as we look back at our, as our scripture here, um, in, verse, in uh, Exodus 14, verse 13, um, Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, and stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. When you're going through a tough time, just step back and say, Lord, I'm going to stand firm on your word. I'm going to stand firm on your promises. I'm going to step back and let you be God. I'm going to stop trying to control the situation. Um, verse number fourteen in that same um, in that same ver- or in that same chapter it says the Lord shall fight for you and he shall hold and ye shall hold your peace. God's already willing to do the fighting for you, but we just want to step out and we always want to make that step. Let him fight for us. Let's not try to overdo God. Let's let God do what God does. Thomas Jefferson once said, "When you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. Just hold on." I couldn't find one with a knot on it, but I just you can see that that individual just holding on for all for dear dear life. You know what are you dangling over? For some people that are lost, they're dangling over hell, and they're holding on for everything they've got. And I don't know anybody's heart in here today, but if you're the one dangling over hell, get it confessed today. Ask him to come into your heart. Yes, don't leave this place without knowing Jesus. Yes, I can tell you, there's definitely trials and things you're going to go through that you can't do it without that Jesus. You can't. Amen. There's no way. So. I said that um, to hold on. Next, help is on the way. Wait on the Lord. Amen. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7 says, 
And least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me. Least I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, and necessities, and persecutions, and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Maybe God's allowing something to come into your life today to make you stronger, to build your faith. I talked to Brother Zach the other day, and uh, we were talking about, um, he was talking about how, how things have worked out out there in California, and he's like, it's not exactly like I wanted it. And I told him, I said, well, maybe that's just God building your faith. No longer is he having to rely on himself, but he relies on God. You know, I think to myself, um, if I'm relying on my own abilities to get up here and preach today, if I relied on my own abilities, I've done made a mess. This would be a blunder. This would be an absolute blunder. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can stand before you today. I'm still, I'm just a man. But God is almighty, and God controls all the situations if we'll let him, if we'll, if we'll let him have his reign in our lives. So we need to hold on. We need to hold on. Uh, help is on the way. And then lastly, I want to say, he has a plan. God has a perfect plan for your life. You know, when you're going through something that you just don't understand, um, our family can say today, we don't understand why this happened this week. Not a clue. Not a clue. But God's got a plan. I believe he's worked out every single part of it. And if we'll just let him be in control, he'll bring this to another level that we've never even dreamed of. You know, so many people could be used of God but we're too busy controlling our lives and saying, we got this. I got this. God, I don't need you in this. This storm, I'm, I'm good through it. I know what to do. And we come out weak. But God can be made, God, through our weakness, God can be strong and be shown strong. So today, probably more than any other time, we're struggling. I hear. I mean, I don't care where you go. I was talking to people in the hospital this week and I just break, up a convers- just break out a conversation with somebody. And they just, they spill their guts to you. It's like, man, I've got a family member in here. I've got this going on. We were walking out of the hospital yesterday and a family walking beside of us. And I just, you know, how I am, I just talk to people. And uh, I just, lo- I want to pass out tracks and just tell people about Jesus. So I, we were, we were in the elevator and um, we're talking about the floors and uh, talking about going through the floors. She was talking about the elevator going up and down and how fast it was and this and that. Next thing you know, we got to talking about her husband had been electrocuted he got too close to a power line on a roof and got thrown 35 feet to the ground, third-degree burns. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm mumbling this, but she was telling me all about this. And then we just stopped, and we just started to praise the Lord and just started to talk about the Lord. And they, were, they, were, they needed encouragement. And I was glad I was able to just give them, hey, Jesus is the encouragement. You know, it's not me. Jesus is the encouragement. So more than ever, I think we're going through more storms than we've ever went through in our life, any day and age. Satan is working double time. He's trying to get you to give up. He's trying to get you to throw in the towel. But this isn't the time to give up. This is the time to say, I'm moving forward. Had, them children gave, had, the, had the children of Israel gave up right there at the Red Sea, they wouldn't be in the promised land later on. Now, that, now they paid for it in the wilderness for, for their rebellion. And only you know Joshua and Caleb, and those under 20 years old. But still yet, they would have never even seen the promised land. He promised, and we're talking about this in Sunday school, promised that, that, milk, that land flowing with milk and honey. He promised that to him. He told Moses from the very beginning, this is where you're going. I've already got it planned out, just like he's already got our life planned out. 
He knows exactly where we're going if we'll just stay steadfast to him. Um, But I want to remind you of God's plan. In Jeremiah 29, verse number 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, the thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God knows everything about you. He knows exactly where you're going to be. He knows exactly what you're going to be doing. He wouldn't be God if he didn't. You know, he gives us free will. We get to make our own decisions, but he still knows what our decision is going to be. You know, it took me a while to realize that. I was like, well, that don't make no sense. Well, it makes complete sense. He's God. He knows it all. So God's plans, and I love this, God's plans are to redeem and restore. His plan for you is to redeem you and to restore you. Since the fall of man, God has been trying to redeem man back to him. He's been trying to bring him back. The whole time he wants to bring, bring the loss back to him. He wants to bring you back. And those that are saved in here have came back. And that's an awesome, that's, that's something we're shouting about. You can praise God and say, hallelujah, God, you've been good to me. I'm undeserving of it. And I stand before you. I, I witnessed to a man this week, uh, March of 2008, I gave my life to Christ. You know, up until that point, I try to control things. And I still try at times. But without God, I wouldn't be here today. I'm positive. I'd, I'd made up my mind when I was 20 years old. 20 years old. I'm, I'm going, well, probably about 18 years old. I decided by 25, I'd be drug overdose and I'd be dead. I was addicted to cocaine, had no care for the world, and nearly died a few different times. But God saw, saw fit to, lead, to open up the door. And when that door was open, I finally accepted. I said, I can't do this on my own no more. I've done it long enough on myself. But God, God, but God, not but Justin, but God intervened in a mighty way. John 14, 6, that restoration takes place only through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 tells us, And Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. There's no other way. There's no amount of drugs. There's no amount of alcohol. There's no amount of... um, uh, entertainment, there's nothing that will satisfy that need. You can take the pills, you can uh, do the programs. Man, they, they've got a million and twenty. You turn on the infomercial in the morning. I go to work really early, so the TV's playing in there in the um, job, uh, in the break room, and every morning when I put my lunch in there, there's infomercials. They've got a plan for a plan for a plan. They want to get you on a plan. You know, the big one I think of is the diet plan. They want it. hey, this is how you're going to lose weight. And then you got the people that make the diet plan, and they're dying of the diet plan. They want you to do the diet plan. It's like, this just don't make no sense. So why would I want to do the diet plan? But there's, they've got a plan for a plan for a plan. We don't need that. We need God's plan. God's plan is the only thing that's going to stand the test of time. Not us. Not our plan. And his plan is for us to be saved. After we're saved, his plan for us is to surrender to him completely. And say, God, I'm moving forward wherever you want me to go. Whatever you want me to do. If you tell me to go over to the middle of Asia, I'm going over to the middle of Asia. I'm going to proclaim the gospel in the middle of Asia. If you tell me, as I had to do yesterday, Holy Spirit convicted me. We've, I've had something on my heart, and I've let it hinder me and hinder me and hinder me and built up and built up. And Holy Spirit said, Justin, if you don't, if you don't confess this, you're not going to have any power. And so... I went and I humbled myself and I can, I went to someone and I apologized. And I said, Lord, I can't do this. And he said, I'll give you the strength. And I was nervous, about as nervous as I am today. And I went up there and I went to that individual and I said, please forgive me for what I've done. You know what? I don't want, I don't want anything to hinder me from being surrendered to the yeah. Lord. I want to follow after him with all that I've got. 
And then once you've surrendered, commit to serve. Just serve wherever he puts you. Serve. If, he, if you said, Lord, I'm, I'm all yours, I'm all in, what do you want me to do now? I love how Brother Rorke said that the other day. What, what, preacher, what do I need to do? Where do I need to go? How, how can you use me? You know, if we had more people like that in our churches today, our churches would be thriving today. Instead, we go down the road, and you can, I, this is the Bible Belt. You can find a church on nearly every corner. I tell you, that's a big difference when you go to California. To find a, to find a good church, matter of fact, to find many churches, you've got to drive 45 minutes. That just blew my mind out there. To find a Bible-believing church, you're driving an hour and a half. You're not finding them on top of each other. There's a great need out there. And I understand why Brother Zach and them were going, or why they're out there now. But to go just to get that and understand that we just need to serve. There's churches around here shutting down. Where are the people at that are supposed to be serving? You know, if they've gave their life to Christ and they're surrendered to Christ, why aren't there people in the churches? Why are churches feuding every day? Instead of helping each other and saying, I love you, I'm your brother in Christ, and I just want, I, I, however I can help you, I'm going to help you. We're going to help our church. We're going to help our church grow. Yes, we just need to be an encouragement to one another because we're all facing something. Like I say, I don't, I don't know what you're facing. Only God knows what you're facing today. In closing, I just want to say, just rely on the Lord. Don't do it upon yourself. You know what? Hold on. Help is on the way. And remember that God has a plan for you. His plan is perfect. If we just back up, stand still, and let Him be God. As he carried them, I mean, who, who foresaw the waters parting and them walking across on dry land? It wasn't even muddy. That's what just blows my mind. It wasn't even muddy. God did the miraculous. Not only did he make the seas part, he walked, they walked across on dry land. And he waited. He said, he said, he said Pharaoh, they're going to give me honor. I love that. He, they're going to give me honor. Every bit of everything they got is going to give me honor. And as they made it across... He just closed it up, and they were no more. And I can just see, see, see that, last, that last child of God just stepping across, and the water's just collapsing upon them. Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh can see them. Oh, I've got them now. I've got them now. That's what Satan says to you now. I've got you now. I've got you exactly where I want you. Discouraged, beat down. You're not going nowhere. This storm is going to be the end of you. But you know what? I can imagine that knot in the end of that rope. We just start pulling back up. God gives us this supernatural strength, one hand over the other, one step at a time. It's all Christ. It's not us. Lord, I ask you to, Father, I thank you for the word of God today. God, I thank you for your goodness. God, I ask you to help us today, Lord. Lord, if there be somebody in here, Lord, that's lost and doesn't know you, God, I pray that, Lord, they would stop relying on themselves today and that they would rely on you. God, we need you today. We need you more than ever. God, I don't, I don't know of an individual in here, Lord. We couldn't ask them, hey, do you have something worth praying over? And almost every hand would go up and everybody would say, yeah, I've got something to pray about. Either, either something's going on with me or something's going on with a family member or I've got a close friend that's going through the, through the struggles. God, I pray that you would meet these needs today, that we would hold on, that we know that help is on the way. Because, Lord, you've never leave us. You've never forsaken us. And that, Lord, while we're holding on and while we know help's on the way, we also know you have a perfect plan. Lord, because you've been there ever since the beginning. You've seen it. Lord, you've seen the whole picture. Lord, would we just put our trust in you? God, give us help that we need today, Lord.
Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask a question or two. What is it?